This is the Saturday Stoke number 21. I'm your host, Tim Willard. Think of it like a shot of espresso for your soul. Welcome to this week's Saturday Stoke, a short, inspirational podcast designed to encourage and challenge you on the path ahead. It's a place where if I'm doing my job right, I'm spurring us all on toward love and good deeds. It's a podcast that feels like a hug from an old friend and sounds like an owl at midnight. I'm so thankful for everyone who tuned in last week as we talked a little bit about simplicity. And if you want to hear more of my thoughts on simplicity, be sure to subscribe to my weekly newsletter, affectionately called Further Up. And yes, I did steal that from C.S. Lewis. We've been discussing spiritual minimalism lately on the newsletter, and we'd love for you to join us. This week's Stoke is all about being together. So, let's get to it. A few years back when our family lived in Oxford, England, my wife and I enjoyed a date night with some dear friends. My wife and I often walked to the Bear and the Ragged Staff pub with our girls for dinner or snack, but this time we walked in the gray light of the winter dusk with our good friends Jason and his wife Tammy. We sat in the bear-like couches and chairs in front of the Viking-mantled fireplace and talked for hours. It was amazing. We talked about our families, dreams, our fears, and loves, and we laughed and we sipped on our soup. The ancient stone and chunky beams, the popping fire and smell of food worked their spell on us and we lingered, as anyone would in such a setting. And then finally, we headed home. We walked and laughed our way back to our house. It was only about a mile or so. And then, the magic. Half-dollar-sized snowflakes fell from the midnight sky. They blanketed our coats and scarves. We bellowed out Narnia references and exclamations about our good fortune. And then as we approached the house, we saw a tall, messy-haired college student standing at the bus stop holding, and get this, a black umbrella. You look like Mr. Tumnus, I said, jarred by the strange sight before me. Well, I'm not a fawn, if that's what you mean, retorted the semi-annoyed undergrad. (laughs) This encouraged more laughter from our merry band of snowflake-chasing wonder-seekers. The fawn, or uh, the undergraduate, he let a smile curl up under his cheeks as we crossed the road. We parted ways as the 4B bus picked up our friends and the fawn and carried them back to St. John Street. My wife and I walked into the house and went to bed. The beautiful in this world invites participation, doesn't it? Beauty possesses a cadence, a rhythm, and that rhythm brings life to the eyes. Isn't it true when we see a beautiful object, we somehow want to possess it? And wonderful moments spent together are also beautiful. How many times have you said, Ah, I just want to bottle this moment up forever. The French philosopher Simone Weil said, We are drawn to beauty without knowing what to ask of it. We want to get behind beauty. We should like to feed upon it.
Is this not also true of our gathering places, like parks and pubs, churches and homes? Their charm invites us to gather, to sit, to eat, and drink, to be together. We crave these moments, don't we? Are not some of my most beautiful memories the ones layered with the beauty of relationships? Think of that word, together. What does that mean? It means not letting words go unsaid. Together, it's more than just a word. And what of its synonyms? With each other, side by side, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, cheek to jowl, in chorus, one accord, in unison, all of these synonyms. That's how we should live, each day as a song, but not to the world, some vague and unrepresented thing, but to each other. A song rings out, it carries forth, it resonates, it reverberates. A song catches our fancy, we hum it under our breath while we work, we sing it in the shower, we can't get away from it. It sears itself into our subconscious. And songs require voices. And voices carry wherever there is air. In the back alley. In the suburb. Out on the farm. When we breathe, we inhale the voices of the world. And a voice brings magic. Powerful magic like the voices of a thousand angels singing somewhere on high. Voices bring that goosebump feeling from another world. A chorus heralds something great coming from somewhere special. And we are the chorus. In unison, we sing the notes of life, heralding the beauty of our humanity, proclaiming the wonder of our Creator, together. Together. The term is also an adverb. An adverb expresses a relation of place, time, circumstance, manner, cause, or degree. So think about it like this. Together. How we live during this time and circumstance. This time of life. A hard time. A slow time. A blessed time. This circumstance. The moment right now. The decision about to be made a consequence about to be experienced. And how do I live at this experience? Apart? Apart from you? Or together? Together. The manner in which we live in relation to one another. Not apart. Not alone. Not exiled. Not hidden or lost. Together so as to touch and combine Is not life the very picture of a touch, a combination? We kiss, hold hands, embrace, tickle, and caress. These are actions universal to every human being. It's the ubiquitous language of humanity. And who doesn't understand the words of an embrace? Who doesn't realize the intimate surrender of a kiss? Uh, But Tim, you say. Where is all this talk of togetherness leading? I mean, it seems a bit inappropriate to talk of kisses and embraces and all that globbity gloop. 
Ah, yes, I reply. The famous argument of inappropriateness. Ah, yes, but did not St. Paul not encourage us to greet one another with a holy kiss? Does not Christ himself plow through the gospel of Mark, touching people, rubbing mud on their eyes, and letting his feet be washed with a woman's hair? Yes, inappropriate indeed. (laughs) You and I were made to be together, to touch one another, to hold hands with one another. But do we stand together today? Or do we care more for being on certain sides or within certain inner rings of influence and popularity or shouting our own activism? Do we lock up our souls and cling to our sedatives, binging in the dark while suffering from the fear of missing out? We need drugs, apparently, writes Wendelberry, because we have lost each other. And why? For what? A screen? A binge? A view? A like on Instagram? An opinion? Something other than the you I'm here on this earth to care for? Sherry Turkle is right. Or is she? Our networked life allows us to hide from each other, she says even as we are tethered to each other. We'd rather text than talk. Together. A heritage of faith. God. The together one. Three in one. His power to us emerges through togetherness. He speaks and the world comes alive. Sudden abundance and joy of being alive together with the Creator. But the holy act of creation was not the act of a solitary God, but the three-in-one God. Father and the Logos Son, Jesus, take the scene. But even before the life-giving words come from God, the Holy Ghost hovered. The first scenes of life erupt with life-giving, with Adam naming the living creatures and then finding Eve. He sees her and sings the lyrics of every marriage forever after. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, he says. Not only together, but from one another, we fit together. And the life course of togetherness begins heralding the love and beauty of God. We come from the holy community to form our own. Emerson wrote, Every man is a quotation from all his ancestors. You and I live as the sayings of the ancients. Imagine, we, the quotations of God, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And it is the pursuit of reunion that conquers separation. For when the Christ blistered into this world through the virgin womb, through innocence, through anonymity, through servile means, he gathered us to himself. Us, vagabonds, failures, headstrong loudmouths, swindlers and zealots, and he continued to gather, and he still gathers. He drew all people unto himself through the blackness of the tree, and such is the beauty of holy pursuit, such is the wonder of reunion. Then the Christ whispered for the ghost to come, and he came. With fire and wonder he came, And hearts again came alive and broke at the same time. A new community was formed, recreation. 
happened. And they broke bread and gathered together. Isn't that how it went? They sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, writes the Apostle Paul. The world knew them, but not by their loud words, not by their witty tweets, not by their hubris in the public square, not by their intentional engagement or their influence with and on the culture, no. The world knew them by their quiet acts of service, by their absence in the obscene, by their willingness to pass into anonymity, their willingness to eschew acclaim, their willingness to burn as garden lights for Nero, their unnerving existence in the wilderness. And the world saw them out there in the wilderness, and they came out to them and asked, What are you doing here? Why do you help so many yet ask for so little? Why do you take the jeers and not shout back at people? How can you invite shame and care not? (laughs) And the wilderness glowed bright with the light of the saints, did it not? An incongruent people took over the world in the shadows of obscurity. This is the history of the called-out ones, the cave-gatherers, the cross-bearers. Do you know them? This is the history of togetherness, from Adam to Christ to the Church. This is the history of the greatest family love story ever told, a God running, undistinguished, down the road to meet his estranged son and daughter. And why? To be back together. Stay stoked, my friends.